Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Another episode of Believe in Ravens. It's been a minute, but we are back. Kyrie Thompson, Daniel Wilcox, talk some football. And last time we were on here, I was, you know, complaining and, uh, you know, in my feelings about the Ravens losing the AFC championship game to the now Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Wilcox was so upset about it, he literally got sick to his stomach <laughs> and put him out of commission for a second. But for we're, two weeks. But we're back. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. But look, we're we're back. And uh, how's it going, man? Man, it's great, man. Um, you know, the offseason is officially here, you know, that the games now are officially done and uh, still sick to my stomach about the Ravens losing and how they lost and all the different things that have came up. You know, you know how it is with the wife, the wife pillow talks, and she's sitting there telling me that she's did all her research and feel like the Ravens got played and, you know, who they paid off. I don't know who they paid off, babe, but it was rigged, you know, the whole nine yards, man. And we're we dealing with that. And I'm talking to her back and forth, Kyrie. And, and uh, heck, I'm not even too sure if she's far off because of the, the way things kind of, you know, unveiled in Baltimore, man. It just wasn't – it wasn't the ending I expected. You know, I took my time, to my, paid my money to go up there to see the game, to watch the game, to get into the stadium – Set up in his sweets. Thankfully, thank God I was at least warm and fed the whole game, you know. But exactly. at the same time, man, it was it was one of those things. You looking at this game, you trying to everybody trying to figure out what's going on. All my former teammates are there, you know, Ed Reed, you know, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Dalis Thomas. You know, um, um, I was there with Corey Ivy and you know, um, Todd Heap, and, and you know, they was coming in and out of the sweets, and they was like, "Bro, what are we doing?" You know, everybody's like, "What are we?" Why are we not running the ball? You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's yeah, and that was always a recurring theme in Baltimore. You know, anytime you throw the ball too much, like why are you not running the ball, especially when you're around all these defensive guys. And for some reason, I was an offensive guy that seemed to hang with a bunch of defensive guys as friends. And they always let me know how they felt about what we should be doing or, or how we should have been running things. And I don't always agree with them, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, because as a receiving tight end, I want to catch the ball, throw me the freaking ball. And if you're running the ball all the time, guess what I'm doing all the time? I'm blocking, you know? So hearing them say run the ball, it made 100% sense. And it just – I didn't understand why you was keep giving, you know, Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to get on the field. The game plan should have been to keep him off the field. And the way you keep him off the field is you eat up all the clock. And the way you eat up all the clock is you absolutely run the ball. Yep, and I think, you know, that was something where it felt like the Ravens were pressing the whole time both in terms of the play calls, the game plan, yeah. Lamar Jackson, yeah. even in the pocket, it just like everything was was stressed. And they were trying so hard to make plays instead of making them. And, you know, I think running the ball probably would have helped reset that a little bit and just get back to a little bit of the identity. We know, we know what works, right. um, but that's not what happened. I think the Chiefs, you know, obviously baited the Ravens into making some silly mistakes uh, or just let them make mistakes, right? With, you know, Zay Flowers taunting, mm-hmm. um, you know, and taking them out of, out of you know, inside the 10-yard line, and then the fumble happens. And then, you know, Kyle Van Noy, who, who I have a lot of respect for, you know, kind of getting up on Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, they, they, they pressed the buttons because they knew the Ravens 
we're we're gonna you know be in that situation emotions we're gonna be high and you know the chiefs have just been in this situation so many times i think they felt like pressure wasn't on them and they certainly played like it you know and they, and they made the plays when they had to make them and then they did the same thing in the super bowl to the san francisco 49ers um it's yeah. hard not to think that the the ravens you know would have had a pretty good chance of beating the 49ers again for Super Bowl championship if they had made it, but that's just not what it was, man. It's unfortunate, but you know, to kind of before we get into the offseason, man, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs win again, third time, uh, your third Super Bowl championship with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is the MVP again. Um, what are we seeing right now? from from this young man because it, it feels like he's already he's on that track right now where he's going to end up as one of the two best to ever do it yeah i mean four super bowls three super bowl wins the only losses to the former reigning goat you know tom brady and it, it, he's patrick mahomes is phenomenal and I, I think i said this before the, the ravens kc game the only way that we will lose that game if it's Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes type things and and coaching, you know, and bro, I'll be dang if all all that stuff didn't line up. You know, we, you know, Andy Reid, he he's a he's a blessed individual. And when I say he's a blessed individual, you think about how Brady has been that magnificent, you know, his entire career. You know, he hadn't always had the best receiving core, but he always had a great tight end. You know, he has a great tight end and Travis Kelsey with an attitude and a temperament and a hunger and a will and a want and a drive to win. And then he's always had Belichick pretty much the majority of his career, you know, which is arguably said the best coach in the history of the NFL. You know, so now they got Andy Reid, who's arguably has also been said to be one of the best coaches to ever coach this game. You know, so Patrick Mahomes is in a perfect situation right now. Um, in Casey, you know, with Andy Reid, you know, with Travis Kelsey and the youth that's, that comes and surrounds him, you know, he finds a way to get the ball in multiple guys' hands week in and week out. And he has a very, very, very creative play caller, in Andy Reid, that continuously does things the way that you're supposed to do. And he does a real game. He have a real game plan every single week. You know, when they played the Ravens, I didn't feel like we had a real game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs on both sides of the ball. We let Travis Kelsey get off. He's their best receiver. How you let the best receiver get off on you to win the game? You know, and then you you, you turn on the other side of the ball, and then we throw the ball 82% of the time, and you're a running team or you're the, the most dominant running team in the whole league. Not that you can't throw the ball because we definitely can throw the ball. I just didn't understand that whole thought process. And then we let the media control the narrative with our quarterback. You know, he runs too much. You know, he can't sustain the league and that and all that stuff by running the ball. And then he gets to the game where he should run the ball and he don't run the ball at all. You know, barely runs it at all. So he should have had 250 yards rushing on, on that on KC and hit his head on the goalpost 100 times. And he, you know, he pulled the ball down and looked for guys downfield, which is the unselfish thing to do and, and the right thing that a point guard would do in addition it. You know, but like I keep saying, I keep bringing up over and over again, you know, how 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 are you going to make Lamar be something that he's not? It's like telling Steph Curry not to shoot the three. You know, um, you know, he's a point guard. Let him dish the ball when he has a dish it. Let him shoot when he has the wide open shots. That means let him run when he has the wide open runs, you know. And um, and you turn around and then you, you look at Patrick Mahomes situation and in this Super Bowl game when the game was on the line, he did not trust the ball, throwing the ball to nobody, giving anybody a chance to drop it. 
he took that thing on, on fourth and short and third and short, and he ran it to the first down himself. And it was impressive, man. It just to watch him, you know, take over the game and watch him, you know, be a game manager of the game and also a game changer of the game was absolutely beautiful to watch, man. And I was going for KC. Anytime an AFC team lose, every time an AFC team beats the Baltimore Ravens, I expect for them to go win the whole thing because I think we are that dope in Baltimore. So I, I love what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I love what Andy Reid is doing. They People were talking about Andy Reid retiring. Why? Like, why would I retire when I got a Patrick Mahomes and I still got another six Super Bowls to win with this kid? You know, I wouldn't retire at all if I was Andy Reid. I would stay there and I would continue to to mature and grow Patrick Mahomes as a player, as a leader, as a as a pocket passer, you know, as a creative passer. And, you know, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. He breaks all the laws and physics of what they think the quarterback should be, and nobody says absolutely nothing about it, you know. And I love it. I love it. I'm glad that he doesn't get the grief and the, and the BS that Lamar Jackson gets on his on his side. And it's two totally different type of players, two totally different players, yeah. but their game is so much the same. I still think Lamar Jackson is probably the best quarterback in the NFL by all measures, arm strength, arm talent, you know, decision, not, not necessarily all the time decision making, which is very, very true. And it's a very huge part about being a QB, but I think he's right there neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes with his ability and his athletic ability. And I think people need to get off the hate wagon when it comes to Lamar Jackson and start giving him some of the love that Patrick Mahomes get. And um, Patrick, everything he gets, he deserves. You can't take nothing away from him. Phenomenal player. Yeah, I think um, what's been interesting to me is when people talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, and they, and they talk about quarterback play. I feel like this year has been mm -hmm. really a journey for me and kind of understanding how people think about and talk about quarterbacks. And yeah. right now, the recency bias thing is, well, if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, you've got to either have, you know, an alien at quarterback or you've got to um, like, or you've got to have a super team basically. And honestly, I'm not even necessarily sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe, um, but I, I think that people want to reduce it down too much for like, there's only, you can only win a championship this way or this way. Right. And like now people are already talking about Brock Purdy, like, oh, well, you know, I think the Niners should just load up on another young quarterback on a rookie contract. It's like, we already know Brock Purdy can't beat Patrick Mahomes at this point. So just like get rid of him. And I think that's wild. The second year in the league, that's kind of crazy. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I have a hard time with the way that we're talking about it because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who's always thrived off script. Not that he can't play kind of on script and on time, but some of the best plays he makes are plays where, you know, he's, he's scrambling or he's extending the plays, running with the football, or he's making some kind of crazy throw. That's definitely not on the call sheet, you know, like, like that him, him like you know stepping up in the pocket and throwing off one leg sidearm to somebody like that's not that's not on the play sheet you know what i mean um yeah. that's just cuz he can do that kind of stuff but then people talk about 
them so differently, like Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson, because oh well, yeah, Patrick Mahomes runs a lot, but but he's he's you know learned how to pass from the pocket, or like he's a pocket passer, and as if most of the time he's just doing it like Tom Brady would do. And it's like I don't know about all that. Like he does, like Patrick Mahomes does it the way Patrick Mahomes does it, right? Right. He's one of one. I feel like we don't always allow for guys to be special every guy is to be unique and play the way that they're gonna play well unless it unless you know you win three super bowls like that right the way patrick mahomes is doing and i don't know like it's it's just for example like caleb williams is gonna come in the league right now um whether it's with the chicago bears with the number one overall pick or with another team um but everybody's like oh yeah you know he he played like Mahomes, he's like the next Mahomes. Like, there's only one of Patrick Mahomes. Caleb yeah. Williams isn't going to be Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to happen. You know, I'm not yeah. saying that he's not talented, that he can't make some throws that kind of remind you of Patrick Mahomes, but he's not like that. And you don't even you don't even know what he's going to be in the NFL, right? Yeah. And I mean, you hear things about him where it's like he doesn't seem to have that that like mentality of of a Patrick Mahomes I guess we don't know we're not going to be in interview rooms but that's the other thing that we don't talk about with Patrick Mahomes enough is like it's not just about the stuff he does with his arms or with his legs it's all in his mind and and not even just like oh he reads the game so fast or he reads the game so well not that he doesn't do that but just the pure like you were saying like I'm gonna go win this game because I can and I will do it however it needs to be done Right. And just that competitive will, that attention to detail to come in and be laser focused the way that he is. I mean, that's special stuff. And I, I just feel like, you know, we're so quick to give up on quarterbacks or so quick to tear them down for not immediately coming in top five guy. And we think guys can't improve later on can't evolve their game. Like we're not patient enough for that. It's just a lot of thoughts coming around in my head. I feel like we take the wrong lessons from guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like CJ Stroud yeah. who come in and are good, but we don't ask why we don't ask like what's allowing them to be good. It's it. Yeah. They're talented. Everybody's talented. Maybe there are different degrees of talent, but you know, they're not just coming in because like they are so much better just above everybody naturally it's like Mm -hmm. it's also situation it's the coaching that's around them it's the fit with the team and we don't always give our young quarterbacks the grace of that you know that's my rant i I think everybody in today's time i ain't even i ain't even i think everyone in today's time is has an opinion and you know back in the day there was no social media. There was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. There was no X or, you know, whatever it is, you no know, threads, whatever it may be. So you didn't hear everyone's opinions. Now you got to hear everybody opinions about everything. And some people don't know jack crap about nothing. And they talking about stuff. You know, it's like me talking about cooking. I suck at cooking. I, I don't know anything about cooking. I wouldn't know if you mix this with that, it's going to make this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I, I couldn't even tell you the recipe to make pancakes, you know? So it's like for me to sit here and talk about how bad, you know, somebody else's technique is to make pancakes is crazy, you know? So I, I think everybody got an opinion on the quarterback position, but 99% of the people in this world can't play that position. 
you know, and it's like the quarterback position is the, to me is the hardest position on the field. I, I was a backup quarterback in high school and it was extremely hard to you got to you have to be a leader of men first and foremost. So you got to have the right attitude and mind, mindset and a personality to be able to have 10 other guys follow you. And then not only just have 10 other guys follow you, but 11 other guys on the other team believe in you, too, on the other side of the ball believe in you, too, because they play better when they know you're, you're the GOAT, when they know you're that good. You know, when they know you got a Patrick Mahomes on the other side, they play better. When you, have, when you got a Brock Purdy on the other side, you play better. You got a Lamar Jackson on the other side, by all means, you play better. You try to get him the ball every opportunity you can. And I, I just hate, you know, that somebody would even – you know, talk about Brock Purdy like that with the amount of pressure that he has on him. You know, him being Mr. Irrelevant and everybody going to remind you every single day you was Mr. Irrelevant. Every and just somebody telling you as a man that you're irrelevant is one of the most, you know, disheartening things that you could have to deal with. So to, to be called Mr. Irrelevant by the world, by the NFL, the league that you play for, and still battle through that alone and have a chance in your second year as a starter to take your team to the Super Bowl and you play your butt off to the point where you should have won that game or you almost won that game, it had to go in overtime for the other team to beat you with Patrick Mahomes, bro, you got to take your hat off to that kid. I don't care who it is. You know, you got to take your hat off to that kid. And like I said, like people people misinterpret interpret what good coaches do, what great coaches do in game planning and understanding game planning and taking away all your scrimps and not allow you to play to your scrimps. And they did everything they could to make sure he stayed in the pocket and then get, didn't get outside the pocket and, and create plays with his legs. And you didn't see all those long runs that he had the week, the week prior from Brock Purdy in this game, did you? You didn't see that, Kyrie. You know why you didn't see it? Because they game planned it and said, this ain't going to happen against us. You know, and that's what great coaching staffs do, man. And I, I, I hate it. I really do hate it. I hate it. And I'm, and I'm telling you, like over and over and over again, Brock Purdy is a heck of a quarterback, and he showed you all year on on scrutiny. Everybody, every weekend and week out, Brock Purdy this, Brock Purdy that. Yeah, he ain't this, he ain't that, he ain't this, he ain't that. And 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 there was only a couple people that was willing to tell you what he really was. You know, he he did a phenomenal job this year. The kid deserved to be in the Super Bowl. He worked his butt off to get there, and he had a great team around him that supported him and believed in him, even when none of us did. And I I, my, I take my hats off to Brock Purdy. The person that's saying they need to get rid of him, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. They don't know anything about football, and I don't care what position they're in doing what they're doing. You, to get rid of somebody that did what he did this year, and he didn't just manage the games. He won games for him. He put him in position to be great throughout, you know, throughout the season. And if he had a one bad game, it was against us. You know, if he had one bad and rightfully so to me, we still the best team in the league this year. And I mean, the thing too, is he's a second year player. Right. And, and it's like, everybody wants to get, everybody wants to talk about, Oh, I think this guy's at about his ceiling that he's about as good as he's, he's going to get. You know what? Mm-hmm. I guess there's a chance like for some guys that that might be right. But I don't know. By and large, it's like I look at a guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like if I look at a guy like, you know, who's in his second or third year and you're talking about hey, he's about as good as he's going to get. You don't know that. I mean, sure, there are guys that are that are going you know, to be out of the league after two or three years. Or what have you. But you know, when you talk about somebody like Brock Purdy, who's already doing what he's doing, he's only gonna get he's only gonna see more football. He's only gonna be able to anticipate better, right? 
and and slow the game down mentally even more right, right? um these guys can all get better and i it's all about how much you believe in them to to do that and you know what that's not my decision to to right. uh you know i don't i don't get to decide that stuff but it always just frustrates me because i feel like people that's an excuse a lot of people make because they want to move on to the next big thing um and they and they just like want to be done with the guy because they don't want to be they don't want to be patient me i got right. plenty of patience so i'm about that. right but real quick before we get out of here i want to talk about what you want to see the ravens do in the offseason this year obviously they, they have like the 30th pick in the first round. They're going to be at the back end of a lot of these rounds um, because, you know, they won a lot of games and made the AFC championship. Um, I think they could still use – I think at this point they could start looking at the offensive line, especially, um, you know, tackle a little bit uh, for, an, you know, an upgrade or a young developmental talent. I think Ronnie Stanley, obviously still a good player, but injuries really seem like they took it out of him this year. He wasn't quite the yeah. same guy. Um, and then, and then I feel like look defensively, they got the best, you know, defense in the league. Um, but they might lose some guys in free agency. Um, you know, we don't know about Patrick queen, you know, is he definitely going to be back or not? Um, you know, Justin Matabike, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in him. I think edge rusher, they kind of, you know, mixed and matched a little bit this year. Um, but it worked out and, and they played really well. Um, yeah. and then offensively, I still think, you know, you got, you got some, uh, you know, veteran receivers on there that, Maybe maybe you're keeping long term. Maybe you're not. So I want to hear from you what you think the Ravens should be looking to do this offseason. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I would definitely look into offensive linemen. You're very strong in the middle. Um, you definitely need to get stronger on the edges. Um, running back, I think you definitely, you know, I think you're going to lose J.K. Dobbins, you know, maybe a couple guys that, that may be out of there, Gordon, you know, stuff like that. So I think you got to look for a running back that's going to be a phenomenal tool, you know, with Keaton getting hurt, you know, in his first year, like he did, you know, you don't know what that situation going to look like. You know, you might be in for another JK Dobbins situation, but you need a elite back. I think still, you know, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill has done a phenomenal job for you all year, you know, but you was always looking to try to replace him. Then you go get um, the the kid at the end of the season. Um, who do we get? Who do we pick up Kyrie, the running back? Uh, 33, 31 played with Jamal Lewis number. Cook, Cook. Yeah, we went and got Cook, you know, and we didn't even play him, you know, so he ain't playing the daggone AFC Championship game at all. I don't know what that's about, you know, so I think you look for a running back for sure, uh, you know, uh, exterior, uh, exterior offensive lineman, and I think you may lose made a, made a bouquet in the, in the interior of the defensive line, so you definitely may need some interior and you may need some out exterior as well, you know, with the edge rushers. I don't feel like we just have an elite edge, edge rusher. You know, maybe one of the guys that we have um, already will just have an outstanding offseason and just go work and put the work in and develop and come back like a freaking ghost next year and just ball out. You know, um, the secondary I thought was pretty phenomenal. I think you got to figure out what you're going to do with Brandon Stevens. And you got to find out, to me, with a Brandon Stevens, you know, I think he had a great year this year, but I don't think you rush and just give him a bunch of money. I think he he has to prove it another mm -hmm. year. You know, this was a contract year for a guy like him. You know, so when you it's your contract year, a lot of times that's the best year you play because you know if I ball out with one year, I can get that money next year. 
you know. So I think you got to figure yeah. out, you know, maybe low tender or franchise or whatever you're gonna do, you know, on a low end or low franchise tag, not a high tag, and um, and then just try to, you know, try to see what you can get productive wise out of him. Make him prove it one more year before you give him the big bucks. And um, so I, I think you know on on the edge you could definitely use a corner. You know, Marlon Humphreys was you know kind of injury prone this year, didn't play as much as you wanted him to, and he's became a staple there. Alabama guy, long rangey Alabama guy that could freaking cover and lock guys up. You know, so you may need some help there. And um, and then you're right, you know, Patrick Queen, man, like I don't know how you keep him and Roquan Smith. I would hate to break up those two guys though. You know, like I would hate to break up those two guys. I think I would figure out a way to build my defense around them two, zero and six, and probably keep both of those guys on the interior of my my um my defense. They stayed healthy all year, played off each other all year. They seem to really like each other a lot and rock with each other a lot. So I wouldn't try to disrupt that chemistry. I would try to keep it the best I possibly can and pay him some kind of way. And um, you know, it's it's gonna be a hard decision. I don't know who they're gonna lose, but you can't keep everybody. You know, you're gonna lose OBJ, yeah. you're gonna lose some guys like that on the receiver spot. So you got to figure out who you're going to keep, you know, between Aguilar and all those guys, man. And um, and who you're going to bring in, you know, so they got some hard decisions to make. And it's, it's, it's hard because they're that good in the, in the front office. They also lost a very, very, very key component in Joe Ortiz. You know, he's going to be somebody's GM next year. And he does. Yeah. He deserves every freaking every single penny he gets he deserved the opportunity to be somebody's gm and put together his own player personnel department from top to bottom and bring in his head guys phenomenal 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 guy in joe man and i'm super happy for him um that hurts the ravens a little bit because you had two you know you know you got two guys in your player personnel department that have done an absolutely phenomenal job for over 20 years together and um it's, i hate to see joe leave that that brand and and that you know, that comfort of, of safeness, but you know how it goes. You know, you should never be comfortable in anything that you do. He shook things up in his own life and made himself uncomfortable to take the next step up. And he deserved to be the next GM somewhere. And I'm proud of him, man. He deserved it. I mean, it's like both on the field and off the field, when you're winning, everybody wants a piece yeah. of you. And everybody the NFL is taking bits of the Ravens, you know, personnel mm -hmm. department and stuff all over the place taking their coaches right yeah. you know mike, mike mcdonald's going to be the head coach over in seattle going to take his his ridiculous defensive you know schemes and stuff like that up there yeah. um so you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to reimagine that as well i mean obviously you hope yeah. you keep the talent as much of it as, as possible and then you find a way to keep scheming around it so hopefully that that's yeah. how that remains um but that's another thing they're going to have to replace we are going to be talking about the offseason constantly. Um, the NFL Combine is coming up, and it is. free agency will soon follow after that. I mean, this is all coming up, like, in the next couple of weeks, man. It's going to be crazy. And then the NFL draft in, uh, what, two months? You know, a little bit over two months. So it's going to be – look, just because the season ends doesn't mean football ends. And Absolutely. You know, there – there are going to be plenty of non-Ravens topics that we're going to be talking about. One in particular that I know is is on my mind a lot. Um, you know, what in the world is going to end up happening to our guy Justin Fields? Um, you know, because <laughs> his story and and uh, you know what the Bears are going to do with the number one overall pick is really fascinating. I know <laughs> my guy wants him to go to Atlanta. We'll take him in a. Come home, Justin. We got you, bro. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of guys that, you know, I think just they, they, they need a change of scenery, you know, maybe, and, you know, could use a place that embraces them, um, and builds around them. I think that that's a guy that, you know, you could really use, but anyway, I'm Kyrie yeah. Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox. This has been the Believe in Ravens podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.